What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams and GP. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning, GP. How are you guys this morning? Welcome back. How was your guys' weekend? Good morning. Yeah. Uh, a lot of hiking. <laughs> hey, but other than a lot that, of great. hiking. A lot of hiking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, except for the until uh, it gets hot, which is like 100 degrees over here. So, but yeah, it's been good. The rest of us Gotta get all that outdoor. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, because I'm having to decide between shorts and really short shorts. That's the tough decisions that I'm having to deal with. Brutal. Yeah, and it's 46 degrees here right now, so Fahrenheit. Yeah, that's between long pants and super puffy pants. That, that's that's t-shirt weather well it, it's well it, that's and that's that's depending really on which walmart in which area you're going to uh depending oh, on, okay on what uh what kind of pants you're gonna be wearing like that <laughs> yeah. so yeah and what kind of tube top to go with it yeah <laughs> right yeah right yeah <laughs> no no it's a wife they go with here. they go wife beater and flip-flops yeah. Yeah, I was. It, it wouldn't fit. I was gonna say the man bun, but it just doesn't work. <laughs> no, that doesn't fit. A white beater and a man bun just no. That's the no. that is that, that only works in a NASCAR race, and uh, yeah, that only works. Yeah, in a NASCAR yeah. race. So, all right, let's get started this morning. So, interestingly enough, I, GP, I know you don't like talking about space. I, I know you don't like talking about that. So that's why we're gonna get it out of the way first. Uh, <laughs> oh, great! <laughs> the spin of the supermassive black hole in the Milky Way. Okay, so unknown to me, and literally, I was not even aware of this. There is a supermassive black hole at the center of our galaxy. Is that true? Yep. Well, at least that's the... Okay, so proving that there's a black hole is kind of like proving that there's wind. You can't actually literally see it. You can only see its effects, right? So uh, a supermassive black hole, yes... We see the effects of it, um, the the gravitational pull, the uh, light being contorted as it's uh, because of the gravity from it, um, or even just not being able to get through it at all. You know, depending on where it's at. So yeah, um, it, it's also theorized that every galaxy has a supermassive black hole at the at, at its core. This is uh, this is quite interesting, and honestly, I I legit didn't know this. I didn't realize just how big our galaxy actually is until you showed me that chart earlier. That is massive. What what did what did it show? Could, did you say it was one hundred and twenty five thousand light years across in diameter? Indeed, one hundred and twenty five thousand light years. Spiral the arms right. We're probably I don't I don't know. Would you say about two thirds of the way from the core, based on you know where where the other Roughly. arms and everything are. Yeah, that, roughly. That, that's what it looks like. I mean, we're 26,000 light years away from the center of the Milky Way galaxy. I, I didn't realize that that's how far away we actually were. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of a good distance. Yeah, uh, just, just a little ways. Um, now, obviously, the the arms, you'll, you'll actually be able to see the arm that we're currently in uh, on a clear night and away from any kind of light pollution. You'll be able to see the Milky Way which is generally it's like in the middle of the sky and it's just a, a big mass of lights. I mean, you, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, if you're a city slicker and you've never been outside of a city where it's dark, you know, like, I mean, truly dark, you look up in the sky and it's dark. Um, 
then it will look like it'll look like an alien world to you if you go out into one of those uh, uh, and look at the sky. So which I, I recommend all, somebody, you know, I'd recommend you do at least once in your life. So, um, but yeah, it's, a, it's quite an amazing thing. Says here that the Milky Way galaxy is moving at a rate. This is the spin. The spin rate uh, is moving at a rate of 552 to 630 kilometers per second and is being pushed away from the local void at 600,000 miles per hour. That's that's a little fast, j- just a little bit. Yeah. And I'm Are, not sure. Just real quick. I don't know what local void, what they're referencing here. I would have to go in and read the article on that, what they're specifically talking about. I don't know if they're talking about local void as in uh, the space in between each galaxy, you know, that um, uh, emptiness vacuum, if you will, or if they're talking about the space in between each arm, which is, uh, I mean, technically a void, but there's still matter in between there. So, yeah. I don't know which one they're talking about here. It says that our solar system, you know, just just our system here, the solar system, just this system here, our sun and Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, all, you know, all, all the planets in our system travels at 447,000 miles per hour and takes 250 million years to complete one galactic rotation. As I was saying to you earlier, Bruce, when you put that into that perspective and then you look at where we are, in relation to this entire galaxy, it makes you realize just how small you really are. I even got a nod from GP on that one, as in, yeah, he agrees. <laughs> yeah, it's I unbelievable. Agree. I actually got GP interested in some kind spec. of space. Yeah, as long as it's just we continue to keep it theoretical or at a distance till we can fix our own problems here. I'm good. Well, now think about this. Think about the the sheer magnitude of this. Okay, so the entire Milky Way galaxy is about thirteen point two billion years old. Okay. That, that's mm-hmm. safe to say that's pretty old. There's between two and four hundred billion stars with at least one hundred billion planets, 500 million of which may support life. And we're just one of those. Yeah. So, and the, the uh, another interesting thing with all this, 13 billion years old, and it takes 250 million years to complete one galactic rotation. So to go from where we are now all the way around back to here again, it takes 250 million years. <laughs> That's incredible. That's absolutely That's incredible. Crazy. So we've, we, we're, I mean, in comparison, if one year is one galactic rotation, not very old. <laughs> if no. you look at it in that sense. Not at all. But anyway, it says that the Milky Way galaxy hosts a supermassive black hole at its center. Sagittarius A is what it's called, with about 4 million solar masses at a distance of about 27,000 light years. That's what I said. That's um, that's pretty far distance. So we really don't have to worry about anything in the near future. So let me see. Galactic Center is surrounded by a cluster of stars and clumps of faintly glowing material. And in recent years, astronomers have been able to push tests of general relativity to new limits by measuring and modeling the motions of these clumps as they swing around the... Uh, supermassive black hole. The spin of the black hole, however, has not been determined in any consistent fashion, but its value would help constrain models of possible jet activity. You know, now I, keep in mind, this the, is all theory, the right? Jet activity. Huh? This is all theory, right? I mean, this is not like we, we don't know this for an absolute fact. This is all based on theoretical assumptions, correct? So it's a theory in the sense of we have a work working model to explain them. Technically, it will remain a theory until we can prove it concrete, concretely, concretely. If we, yeah, if we can, if we can get it defined properly, right? And I don't know, throw a probe in there and and are able to get 
information from the probe as it's traveling, which you can't right now. Uh, you, you can't throw something in, the, in a black hole and expect to get data back because light can't even escape it. And electromagnetic waves travel at or near the speed of light. So how is EM fields going to be able to get out? But you mentioned there the jets. Uh, people, I don't think people realize this. So when we're talking about a black hole, people think that typically a black hole is sucking in everything. And that's all it does is it sucks in. Uh, no, actually, the we'll call it North and South Pole uh, of the black hole is actually emitting a large amount of gamma rays, radio waves. I mean, there's a, there's a large, almost like a pulsar, if you will, coming from uh, the North and South Pole. And it's very directed, very confined. Uh, it, so it, it's not like our sun and it's just emitting light everywhere. It, it's a very fine point, if you will, uh, in, in astronomical, um, measurements. It's, it's very fine, but it's, it's really massive at the same time. Uh, if one of these were to point at earth, for example, theoretically it would eradicate all life on earth. Like it would cook everything alive. Well, I, I'm glad you weren't being morbid or anything. I mean, for crying out loud, yeah. that's uh, okay. All right. Moving right along. That's fascinating. I, I swear to you that that is absolutely fascinating. I learned something new today. That's uh, that's quite something. Those are those statistics really, really blow me away. Seriously. Exoskeletons. Let's talk exoskeletons. So they've actually built these things, right? The suits that are transforming uh, car factory workers into human robots. Exoskeletons. What do you have, Bruce? So basically an exoskeleton for those that may not know what this is. There's been movies that they've done different ones. The Matrix I think is the first one I remember. It's like I think it was the second one where uh, they video were games? they were Call well, of Duty video, nah, but, Yeah, but Matrix was the first, I think. I think that was the first one to really play with the the idea yes. that I remember. It, it's not like that right now. Uh, basically it's two small tubes of metal that are uh, affixed to like um, an actuator or a motor at the knee, and it, it just it alleviates some of the weight and whatnot. So you would theoretically be able to carry more weight. However, what I'm more interested in is not the uh, human forklift that it turns you into, basically. I'm more interested in the um, side of things where, let's say you were in a car accident, you can no longer use your legs, you lost your legs, or you know paralysis, what what have you? These exosuits would be able to, whether it's connecting through nervous system or using sensors, it would be able to allow these people to walk again. And that's what I'm more interested in is the the medical side of this, um, and giving people mobility again on their own. GP, your thoughts in uh, being of use to the uh, the medical community, exoskeletons. I think it'd be great. I mean, especially when we have so many people with a lot of neurological conditions like MS and things of that nature that we could assist them. They could be, it goes a long way when you feel like you're a functioning person in society with mentally and, you know, and I think it would be great. It's a boom. Definitely a boom. I am definitely pro, you know, integration of technology into the human body, but you know, some people think, oh, it, oh the cyborg thing is terrible. Yeah. And we're going to talk about some of that this afternoon because, you know, today's one of our tech days. But and hopefully you can join us for that uh, if you have time. When it comes to the medical side of things, I'm on board with that. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like you will mm -hmm. get no pushbacks from me on that, because if we have the ability as a civilization and as a species to cure blindness, if we have the ability to allow someone mobility to be able to walk again, I, I know people that have MS and it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. They can't walk anymore. It's just it's mm -hmm. god awful. And if there is a way to make those people walk again, 
then by all means, let's do it. They have the uh, the right, in my opinion, that person that's that's been uh, hindered by that that horrible degenerative disease, whatever it is. They have the right to want to try that. As far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. they have the right to try and get their lives back. Uh, so if we have the ability to do this, then by all means, what the hell are we waiting on? Right. Let's let's go with it. So same thing with um, with Elon Musk's. Is it Neuralink that he was showing off? If it's that one. Yeah. Same thing with this. If this has the ability to allow blindness to be cured or for someone to regain motor functions, then let's do it. Let's do it. But uh, as far as I mean, there there is a sinister side to it, too, as well. I mean, we know that um, we're going to talk about microchipping today. Microsoft is saying that they're going to allow their employees by the year 2035 to work from home, but only if you get microchipped. And they're also not giving you a choice as to whether or not you want to go back to their offices. Why? Because they're not going to build any more offices and they're going to close the ones that they have. So if you want to work for that company, then that's what you're going to have to do. But they say, Microsoft say, that if you take this chip, then it'll increase your performance. Hmm. Mm. But what comes with that? What comes with that? I mean, we know that you can't. I mean, like I said, the medical side of things, I'm on board with it. I'm on board with it for sure. Right. Let, let's fix a lot of these these right. fallacies and, and let's see what we can do about taking a further step in curing diseases. Right. Let's see what we can do about that. But as far as using it as an attitude of control for humanity and, and as a way of keeping humanity from, shall we say, uh, advancing beyond the abilities of what those in power would like us to to make them irrelevant, then that's an avenue we need to tread very carefully with, in my opinion. Well, since we were talking about exoskeletons and the bad side of things, you could easily devise something like Iron Man kind of a thing, you know, to where you have an exosuit that is heavily armored. What if a criminal got a hold of that? You know, I mean, they could go in and like rob a bank or something. And uh, if you're using the right types of materials, you can make the thing almost bullet resistant. I mean, or bulletproof, almost small arms fire. You can you can put enough armor plating on there that small small arms fire won't be able to to punch through it. And theoretically, you could make one that would be um, strong enough to do that. And you could fit a human in there. And, you know, I mean, the, the, the kind of things that could happen. And the thing is, is this isn't out of the realm of possibility. You can get all the components you need to make something like that uh, for, a, for a fairly decent price. Now, if you're wanting the high end stuff that gives you like precise motor functions and all those kind of things, the actuators for that kind of thing are we're talking like a thousand dollars for one of them. I mean, they're really expensive when you get into the industrial types of actuators. But uh, that's a very real problem. And that's going to be something that we have to deal with in the near future if this becomes the mainstream. You know, I, I think it's just like I think it'll be like anything else. The more we have it, the more it advances, the more the cost will come down. My case in point to that televisions, right? Look at when flat screens came out. You know, the they were flat screens, but they weren't flat screens. You know what I mean? They were still like this thick. You know, they were still like six inches thick or whatever it was. Yeah. Smartphones. Prime example. I remember GP. Did you have a Motorola StarTac? You know what I'm talking about? Like the first. No, I, you, you didn't have one of those. No, I've had the I've had the razors. I had the. OK, uh, the razor. The Kias, okay, well, I had the original brick phone. Then I had the brick phone light, which was like half a brick phone. Right. Okay. I've so been, I, since cell phones came out, I've had them. Okay. So I, I had a brick phone. I didn't have one of those like big brick ones, you know, the ones before. Oh, the flip. I had those. You yes. had one of those? Okay. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. when a StarTac came out, you know what I'm talking about, right? It was the, mm-hmm. it was the, it wasn't the brick phone, but it was the clamshell phone, right? Mm-hmm. And what it was, you can, you can look that up. Motorola StarTac. Everybody can see what those are. That was the original, uh, you know, the, like the portable cell phone. That thing was $1,000 when it first came out. And then 
by the time by the time that thing by the time it got to the point where I took on my first job at Radio Shack, I was selling those things for a penny. Literally, that's how fast that cost came down. So it is just like anything else. You know, same thing with the smart TVs and, and you know, flat mm-hmm. screen TVs and all that stuff. They were $10,000 when they first hit the market. Now everybody's got them, right? Same thing. And you pointed out, Bruce, smartphones. I mean, these things were, what was the first iPhone? What was it like a thousand? Well, I can't really say that because now they're 1500, but yeah. yeah. But if you, if you look at the technology that's in them though, compared to the previous ones, uh, they're far more like uh, the speed, uh, the the processing power, everything like it's so much quicker than it was when it first came out and they're larger. So for the same price that we paid back in the day, you're getting a well, you're, you're getting a, a personal computer that fits in your pocket, basically. I mean, so tech, as the technology continues to to grow and expand, it'll become cheaper, as you're saying. So if you look at what that is compared to what we are today, we've come a long ways. We have. And it's funny because, I mean, this phone that I have, when I got it, it had as much memory in it as my desktop PC, right? Of course, now it's, you know, all that's been upgraded, but still, I mean, that that's that's ridiculous. And it had the same grade of memory as well. Had the uh, the DDR4 <laughs> in a phone, right? That's just, it's insane. So as the holidays are approaching, right? We're coming up on Christmas time. You know, all that stuff is going to be happening here in the next month or so. Thanksgiving, of course, is coming up next month. We got a Halloween. Yeah, Halloween's in a few days. And of course, I mean, I can't see Antifa doing anything bad on Halloween. Can you? No, I can't see that. California unveils new rules on family gatherings and social events just in time. Just in time. So, uh, GP, you're in California. Yes. With the holiday season approaching. For a while. For a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last Mm -hmm. week, California released new guidelines for socializing that prohibit Mm -hmm. gatherings among more than three households. Well, that's not going to be good for the uh, uh, Hispanic community, is it? You know, when they wanted to well, fifty percent of the population here in in California is as non-white Hispanics. So yeah, yep. it's gonna be very difficult to control. Yep. While coronavirus cases are dipping, uh-huh, yeah, sure. And hospitalizations and deaths are at their lowest level in months, till they can figure out how to vamp mm-hmm. that one back up. Uh their inf- officials are emphasizing the importance of maintaining health and safety measures. We're entering into Yay. the holidays. But we are entering in the part of the year that when things cool down and people are likely to congregate in settings that put their physical proximity and likelihood of transmitting disease at higher risk, Governor Gavin Newsom said on Monday, don't be misled that this disease is any less deadly. Quite the contrary. It's as deadly as it's ever been in the context of those that are high risk. Mm -hmm. Governor Gavin Newsom, go fly a kite. Newsom has been warned about the upcoming flu season. He's been warned about the upcoming flu season. It's uh, good, good thing he knows that it's a because every year I'm, you have to be reminded. I'm glad that he's been reminded about a flu season that's 100 years old. Mm-hmm. We don't have flu seasons anymore, though. Oh, right. I mean, we, we, we eradicated the flu virus. Haven't you guys seen? Right. That's why we need a vaccine for it now. Right. Okay. so uh, he's been warned about the upcoming flu season, which would create added challenges in battling the coronavirus, which the U.S. is expected to see a third wave. I read this morning. Yeah, I I love I love how they're spinning this. This is absolutely insane. Anyway. All right. So let's get into the uh, the list of uh, of these things that are uh, that are going to be. um, Well, that's a that's a rather lengthy. You know what? We don't have time to do this. That is that good. eh? That is a long list. Good Lord. You know what? Let's just run over the hell with it. So here's a list of the latest guidelines. First, attendance. Gatherings that include more than three households are prohibited. This includes everyone present, including hosts and guests, 
Remember, the smaller number of people, the safer. Okay. <laughs> Keep the, wow. I can't. Oh, my God. This is like you're it, I, I feel like I'm in elementary school being read this. Keep the households that you interact with stable over time. By spending time with the same people, the risk of transmission is reduced. Participating in multiple gatherings with different households or groups is strongly discouraged. The host. Sh- I love this. The host should collect names. Of all attendees and contact information in case contact tr- contact tracing is needed later. Sorry, I, I don't know who is at my house. Don't know. Can't remember. That, Fred that was Flintstone. Yeah. Barney uh, Rubble. Yeah. Uh, what Wilma? Uh, Dino, Betty Wilma. Yeah. 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 Uh, gather outdoors. Okay. Gatherings that occur outdoors are significantly safer than indoor gatherings. All gatherings must be held outside. Mm. Attendees may go inside to use the restrooms as long as the restrooms are frequently sanitized. So they're going to tell you how to clean your own bathroom now. Gatherings may occur in outdoor spaces that are covered by umbrellas, canopies, awnings, roofs, or other shade structures, provided that at least three sides of the space or 75% are open to the outdoors. I'm waiting to get to the point where it says you need to keep the mask on in between bites. A gathering of no more than three households is permitted in a public park or outdoor space, even if the unrelated gatherings of the groups of up to three households are also occurring in the same park or other outdoor. Who comes up with this garbage? Seriously, what kind of degenerate comes up with stuff like this? Who? Who does that? Maybe the person that came up with sending people into retirement homes that were COVID positive. No, that was a good idea. We've already established... The, the CDC has New established York. that that now, was the correct thing to do. New, New York, I mean, they, they got hit. They got hit the hardest. Right. And they did it right. They did it right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have says. to you have to stop it. Well, now, see, he doesn't like to be political, though. See, that that's the thing. And to be honest with you, you have to trust him. Right. I mean, isn't well, that what you're he right, said? Judy, I don't want to get involved in politics, but all I oh, can no. do is okay. plead with the people out there to be uh-huh. consistent and listen uh-huh. to what if health officials like myself, if I may, are saying, oh, okay. put everything else aside and uh-huh. uniformly do the right thing. OK. All right. So what about New York? Mm-hmm. How, how did they do we it have a problem. We need to admit it and own it. But we've got to do the things that are very clear that we need to do to turn this around. Remembering uh-huh. we can do it. We know that when you uh-huh. do it properly, you bring down those cases. We've done it. We've done it in New York. New York oh. got hit worse than any place in the world. And they did it correctly by oh. doing the things that you're talking about. Oh, see, they they got hit worse than anywhere else in the world, and they did it correctly. They did it correctly. Yeah, you, you see, you see, you see what doing it correctly does for you. I mean, it just it helps everybody because you can do it as long as you do it together. Remember, we can do it. Is that what he said? Mm-hmm. Uh, is he is he also saying that uh, New York did a good job at sending those COVID positive positive patients into retirement homes? Is that uh, is that apparently. part of that? I mean, well, is he applauding? That, but that was tr- that was Trump's fault. That, that was Trump's fault. According to Governor Cuomo, that was Trump's fault. Uh, number three, don't attend gatherings if you feel sick or are in a high risk group. You know, because every time I feel sick, I just want to go out and, and get around a whole crowd of people. Don't you? Oh, my God. I totally do. That's that is my thing. I love feeling like garbage before I go out. I do. Too. In fact, now, I won't go out unless I feel like garbage. <laughs> right. That's, yeah. That's, <laughs> I, I won't even bother. I mean, what's the point? Right. I mean, unless right. you're just puking. What the heck? Right. I mean, it's got to be one of those powerful ones, too. You know, that one of those. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's oh, just, yeah. 
Uh, okay, now where you're this is very important. Everything. Yeah, exactly. This this is very important. It says don't attend gatherings if you feel if you feel sick or if you're in a high risk group. Okay, so anyone with COVID nineteen like symptoms, which include but are not limited to fever, cough, shortness of breath, chills, night sweats, sore throat, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, tiredness, muscle and or body aches, headaches, confusion, or loss of sense of taste and or smell. Did I I cover everything? Must stay home and not come into contact with anyone outside of their household. Anyone who develops symptoms within 48 hours after attending a gathering should notify other attendees as soon as possible. And people at higher risk of severe illness or death from COVID-19, such as older adults or people with chronic medical conditions, are strongly urged not to attend any gatherings. That's a lot of symptoms. So basically anything and everything is COVID. Well, I've reduced the the symptom chart to if you feel... You may have COVID. <laughs> if you feel, yeah. If you feel, mm-hmm. you may have COVID. Yeah. Uh, what okay. symptoms? Did you feel something? Then you <laughs> might have right, right. Did you feel something? Fever, cough, or did you not feel birth. something? Also, did, not this, feel something. Listen to this. Right. Let me read this again, okay? Because I, I might have gone too fast there. Fever, cough, shortness of breath, chills, night sweats, sore throat, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, tiredness, muscle and or body aches, headaches, confusion. Well, the whole damn state of California should be quarantined. Confusion Mm -hmm. uh, or loss of sense of taste and or smell. I I thought, can we just keep it at loss of sense? Because, I mean, I think the governor would never have Mm -hmm. to come out of his house again if we do that. That's a win. Number four, practice physical distancing and hand hygiene at gatherings. Wash your hands. For any gatherings permitted under this guidance, the space must be large enough so that everyone at a gathering can maintain at least a six foot physical distance from others at all times. Seating must provide at least six feet of distance in all directions between different households. Everyone at a gathering should frequently wash their hands with soap and water or use hand sanitizer if soap and water are not available. A place to wash hands or hand sanitizer must be available for participants to use. (laughs) This is ridiculous. Shared items should not be used during a gathering as much as possible. Any food or beverages at outdoor gatherings must be in single-serve disposable container. No more potluck. That's all gone. Yeah, you can't have potluck anymore. Forget that. Buffets, right? What? Single-use disposable. Yep. Single-serve disposable containers. What 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 happened to our carbon footprint and and using reusables and uh. well it says here if providing single serve containers is not possible food and beverages must be served by a person who washes or sanitizes their hands frequently and wears a face covering self serve items from communal containers should not be used guess what I I have news for the governor um, Thanksgiving's rolling around and Christmas and. Uh, I'm going to a very, very, you know, uh, well, large-ish family gathering, and that's exactly what we're going to have: self-serving dishes. You, you, Uh you go over there and get your spoonful of whatever it is. Get you some of them sweet potatoes over there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sweet potatoes, homemade noodles. Number five: wear a face covering to keep the coronavirus from spreading. This is. (laughs) Wait till we talk about uh, space helmets later on this afternoon. You're going to love it because the way that that stops the virus from from spreading is it's phenomenal. And you know how they tested it? They threw dust at it. I'm not joking. Uh, When gathering, face coverings must be worn in accordance with California Department of Public Health guidance unless an exemption is applicable. People don't care because you've got everyone scared to death. You people at gatherings may remove their face coverings briefly 
to eat or drink as long as they stay at least six feet away from each other outside of their own household and put their face covering back on as soon as they are done with the activity. Number six, keep it short. Gatherings must be two hours or less. Oh, yeah, see, because the virus is going to know that you're there for two and a half hours. The longer the duration, the risk of transmission is... Yeah, see, GP, we also learned that uh, when you're sitting down, uh, the virus knows to travel over top of your head. So that, that's does. why when you yeah. I mean, that's why when you go to, into a restaurant, you have to wear the mask from the door to the table. And then once you're at the table, you can take it off unless you're in California, which, of course, you have to wear it all the time. Mm-hmm. Number seven rules for singing, chanting and shouting at out- outdoor gatherings. So we can't have football games anymore. Right. You can't play football in the park. That, that's not possible because you can't call the plays. Right. It's not possible. Singing, chanting, shouting, and physical exertion significantly increases the risk of COVID-19 transmission because the activities increase the release of respiratory droplets and fine aerosols into the air. Because of this, singing, chanting, and shouting are strongly discouraged. But if they occur, the following rules and recommendations apply. (laughs) Oh, why did we run over to talk about this garbage? Instrumental music is allowed as long as the musicians maintain at least a six-foot physical distance. (laughs) Yes, because when a guy's playing a tuba, I want to stand right yeah. in front of him. You know, I, I want to stand. That's or if he's blaring you. on a yeah, if he's blaring on a trumpet, then I want that trumpet as close to me as as it can possibly get. Musicians must be from one of the three households, right? Because you can't have any more than three households at at a gathering. Playing of wow, they break it down by instrument. Playing of you couldn't make this up. This is so stupid. Playing of wind instruments. Any instrument played by the mouth, such as a trumpet or clarinet, is strongly discouraged. So just don't play any instruments, right? Just go out there and beat on a drum or something, right? That's what they're saying. All people who are singing or chanting should wear a face covering at all times while singing or chanting, including anyone who is leading a song or chant, because these activities pose a very high risk of COVID-19. Yeah, whatever. Face coverings are essential to reduce the spread of respiratory droplets. Whatever. So maintain a physical distancing of six feet if you're singing. People who are singing are strongly discouraged to do so quietly or or at the (laughs) I I don't know if I can do this. (laughs) At or below the volume of a normal speaking voice. Um, Have they ever sang before? You know, when when you sing, you're supposed to sing louder than you talk. You I, sing I, with your diaphragm. Uh, uh, yeah. So. I, I, uh, okay, okay, I tell you what. For those of you, including UGP, who are in the state of hmm. California that can hear the sound of my voice, if you are not listing your house on Zillow as we speak, I don't know what's wrong with you. I would be vacating that state yesterday by 5 p.m. We ran over this morning, but I think that was uh, that was completely worth it. So anyway, we are going to have to go, but I will see you both, hopefully both of you, this afternoon for the Digital Dark Age. Thank you guys for sitting down this morning. Thank you to all the listeners. For all these topics and more, please check us out later on this afternoon, especially for the Space Helmets. And I hope everyone has a great morning.